Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. I sat down with renowned artist Uzumaki, and I'm excited for you to hear what happened. My name is Uzumaki Cepeda. Um, I was born May 23rd, 1995. Um, my time is 3.12 p.m. I was an afternoon baby. And I was born in Manhattan in New York. Like, my love and fear kind of go hand in hand. Like, I love what I do for a living. But sometimes I'm just like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is that like the Gemini in me? Like, I don't know what's to aside. Like, I just feel like, am I making the right decision for myself? I always feel like conflicted about that. Like that I'm not like living, doing what I'm supposed to do. You have a T-square. You have a Sun-Pluto opposition. And you have both of those planets forming a T-square to the planet Mars. And it's in the 11th house, but right on the 12th house cusp. So what this means is that First and foremost, you are really driven. You are ambitious. And I don't mean this in a capitalistic way. Now, that may or may not be the case as well. But this is this particular T-square is not about a capitalistic drive. It's about outdoing your personal best. It's about racing past where you are because you feel hungry. You feel thirsty. You want more. And sometimes that is inspired and artistic and creative and really dynamic for you. And sometimes it actually becomes destructive because it's almost like you're racing out your own aura. It's like you're trying to get away from a feeling or get towards a feeling while abandoning the now. Does that make sense to you what I'm saying? Yes, it does 100%. You just read me to feel. Rip my <laughs> fucking wig off. <laughs> not your wig i love your hair not your wig anything but your wig um, my whole life i definitely always felt like no matter how many hardships i went through because i feel like i had to grow up really fast as a kid that yeah. i always like just kept going because i there'll be times where i'm sitting down i'm like damn so i'm really just i'm just really keeping it pushing like that's kind of crazy like it's your nature. This is, and this is where things get really kind of complicated in the here and now. Your nature is, you know how to survive, right? right. You are, you are really good at surviving things. And this is clearly stated by that T-square I'm naming. It's even articulated by that Saturn moon conjunction in your sixth house. You're just like, I know how to keep on moving. I know how to like pull myself up and keep on going. Like you're just, you're really good at that. But here's the thing it looks like you're at this stage of how do I actually appreciate and be present with all of the abundance I have and build on that, not from a survivalist standpoint, but instead from a place of like, okay, I have a certain amount of faith in my ability. Like I am actually able to trust myself. I want to keep on building from what I have. Honestly, this is where I think you called me from. Like this is why you reached out to me because you are currently going through something called Neptune square to Mercury. And what this transit does, and I'll say it's a once in a lifetime event. It does not happen to everyone. So it started on the 30th of March, 2019, and it will last you for two years. What has happened in this period and what will continue to happen is this opening of your mind. So as an artist, this is a phenomenal 
transit. It really is such a good transit because it just is all about inspiration and being able to translate kind of uh, intuitive vision. As a person walking through the world, it's confusing. It makes you question, what do I care about? What the hell am I doing? Who should I trust? And am I able to actually communicate what the hell I want? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that's my whole life. Like, right. <laughs> you're reading me the filth right now. Bro. I'm just like, yep, yep. Okay, so so this is where things get complicated and also simple. So so step one, and this is where I think we're going to also shift into talking about your personal life. My personal life? Fuck. <laughs> Like, <laughs> um, damn, that shit is all over the place. I feel like what I'm having trouble with right now, I feel like is relationship. But I mean, like, as in like relationship with friends and yeah. relationships with like my mother, relationships in like a non-romantic way. I feel yes. like I've been having... I feel like this possessive side of me makes me meet these certain walls in relationships because I don't know what it is about me. I feel like people owe me like this certain loyalty. I start to control people in a weird way and it mm-hmm. comes out of love. Well, I am being controlling, but I mean like it is it's not like for power. It's my whole life has been this battle of with my like possession, like me feeling like I possess something or somebody and that's like fucked up because i'm all about free will i'm all about being free be a butterfly all of that but when it comes to like my friends i'm like all right like i love y'all but like why are you talking (laughs) to that bitch or like okay so let me tell you all about it i have i have answers i have answers so first of all the reason why the platonic side the non-romantic side of your relationships are all fucked up right now is because of that Neptune square to Mercury. In astrology, the planet Mercury governs the platonic side of relationships. So it's your friendships and it's also just, it's not sexual, it's not romantic, but it's where you're close to the people you're, you know, you talk to basically. And Neptune square to Mercury creates confusion and it creates uncertainty. And let me add to the mix that sun Pluto opposition square to Mars makes you hell of possessive, very possessive. You use the textbook word for it to describe it. It is possessive. And what it basically does is it says, I will give you everything. And all I want is everything in return. That's all. But your version of everything is more than a lot of people's, probably most people's. On top of it, that Saturn moon conjunction that I mentioned, it makes it so that it's almost like your love language is service. You show up and you do things for people and you do things for people as a way to kind of prove and show your care, your investment and your love. And that's not because of anything other than that's your nature. Like that is what you want from others. And that is what you choose to give to them. But here's the thing that's complicated for you. When you seek to possess something or someone you start getting motivated by resentments and shame and all kinds of other fucked up emotions that are not your happy place, right? And so it's like you want proof that you have value to other people. And then when you start looking for proof, you feel like shit because you see all the evidence of everything else in addition to the evidence of their love for you. Yes, that makes perfect sense. 
And you're right. This like free like a butterfly thing. You have a grand trine between Uranus, the ascendant and the sun. It's really tight. And so when you say that you believe in freedom, yeah, you mean it. I mean, you really mean it. You don't want anyone ever to do anything out of obligation. You think that's fucked up and you don't do things out of obligation. Although you do, but you don't, but you do, but you don't. And this is why it's messy because this is where you're of a lot of minds. One part of you is like, we are a tight crew. We have each other's back. We think all the same people are enemies and all the same people are allies. And then the other part of you is like, everyone should do what is right for them. And everyone should just like be honest. If you're being honest, everything is fine and fair. Because you're of mixed minds, you surprise yourself and you surprise other people with your reaction sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the bad, well, I guess it's kind of the same damn news. The good news and the bad news is the same news. You're in a place in your life where things are going actually really well for you, like on paper, right? Things are going really well for you. This means that you will either decide to really look at what is motivating you and what is motivating how you react to others, or all this shit is going to just like play like a song on on loop. You know what I mean? And you will find that it gets worse and worse for you because the problem isn't actually other people. Honestly, the problem might be other people, but the first part of the problem to deal with is actually you getting clearer about what your motives are. Because if your motive is to be like, are you talking to that person because you don't respect me or because you don't care about me? Like what's actually going on here? Is it just that you weren't thinking about it? Cause it looks like you do stuff like that yourself, right? Right. You don't always consider your friend's loyalties when you're connecting with someone new. And it's not because you're not, you don't care about them. It's because each individual relationship is really individual. Right. And so this is where you have to decide whether or not, You want to sit with feelings that make you feel like jumping out of your skin to figure out what's actually motivating you. And this is some of the hardest work of your life, honestly, and it will probably play itself out in different ways over different relationships over the course of your life. But this is actually really key to you feeling successful in your life, whether that's your personal life, also your professional life, because Trust is something that everyone defines differently. Like, how can I trust you? Right. And I see that for you, that possessiveness is what a compulsive part of yourself says trust is based on. But the wiser part of yourself says that honesty and transparency is what trust is based on. When you have a friend who's being really honest and transparent, they might say to you, Hey, I know you hate this girl, but you know, I'm actually becoming friends with her online or whatever. Are they breaking your trust in that situation or are they making you feel a certain kind of way? And those are actually different things. Does does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's hard. It does make sense checking myself on what I view as loyalty instead of like these like resentful feelings that I hold on for like the longest time. Your friends are family. And so family is where things get really complicated because, you know, you kind of mentioned your mom. There's a way that for you in family, there's really deep themes of loyalty that are not necessarily based in truth. And is your dad still around? No, he's not. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. He passed, eh? 
no, he's just he's just he's just gone. A, he's just being a deadbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's like completely gone from your life. It is what it looks like. He literally is. Yeah, yeah. Was he violent when you were growing up? He was violent towards other people, but not towards my mother per se. I know my dad was a drug dealer, and mm-hmm. I know that he was like dealing with like lots of shady people and all types of shit yeah it looks like he was scary it looks like he he was like even if he wasn't physically violent he was somebody who you're like oh shit this could turn any minute and it looks like your mom kept you really close to her for better or worse yes so in 2020, you're going to be going through your Saturn sextile to Saturn. It's not your Saturn return, but it is a transit that is connected to your Saturn return. It's not your Saturn returns not coming for a number of years, right? Mm-hmm. But this in 2020 is going to be a really meaningful theme and nothing is going to force you to do anything about it. And the theme is this. It's you looking at the ways in which you are like your mom, you know, the good, the bad, the confusing and making choices. And deciding to work on becoming more like the person you want to be and less like the person you were raised around or the person you were raised to be. And this Saturn sextile to Saturn is a time when it'll be easy for you to set foundations for yourself. And you'll either do that intentionally and on purpose, or you'll do it without paying attention. So this is actually a really good thing for us to be talking about. It's not about your relationship with your mom. It's more about recognizing how you are like her and how you're not and being really intentional about what that means because part of all of this is about intimacy and you. You figuring out, do I want people around me? Is that what I'm in it for? Or is it that I want the right people around me? Is it that I want people around me that stimulate me? Because your mom wants people. Like she just wants lots of people in connection. And I think what you're dealing with right now is like, well, what kind of connection? What quality of relationship? That's all you, you know, but you're kind of pulling off of old, like programming, if you will. My mom was always the one to do house parties. Like my mom was always the person hosting, which is crazy too. And it ended up like when I got older, I just revealed to my family that I was molested within the family and that tore the family apart. And not only did it tear the family apart, it tore my mom away from that community because those people weren't the people that we thought were really down for us. They were just kind of like, oh, that happened to your seven-year-old daughter, whatever. And they're just like, they just breezed past it. And my mom was kind of left alone in the sense like, she she was living in New York and she moved, you know, to Massachusetts because in Lawrence is like an immigrant community and a lot of Dominicans are there and there's like a lots of mill jobs. And she just moved over there because of my aunt. That aunt is the one who would always bring that guy around and she just she just never cut her communications with him. She never stopped. She didn't care. Like she just didn't care about what happened. And then wow. that was something that threw everybody off because it was like, what? Like, aren't we all in this together? Like, you know, so I feel like I, I cut, like, I kind of like destroyed my mom's community in a way because 
it just kind of showed who showed her who those people are. And then now all my mom has is just like, you know, obviously my grandma and other cousins that are in Dominican Republic, but I don't feel like she has a community where she lives right now. That's a lot. So let me just, let me just jump in on that stuff. Cause I, first of all, I am really sorry that happened to you. Um, and something that's really important for me to say is that you being honest about what happened to you did not cut her off from community. What cut her off from community, first of all, is that asshole, right? Is that person who did that to you. And secondly, it's other people who are so in denial that they couldn't handle it. So instead of dealing with it, they pretend it didn't happen. And that's, none of that is on you. I think it's really important to acknowledge your mom is doing the right thing by not being around that man. And everyone else that is not doing that, of course, is doing the wrong thing. But this makes so much more sense why the theme of loyalty and possessiveness is so important to you because there's this way that you need people to show you that if shit hits the fan, they have your back. Right. And that said, there is a really big difference between stupid shit on the internet or like people in the art scene versus real things happening. But it makes sense that you'd be like scanning for evidence of whether or not I can trust you. But I I really want to say whatever guilt or responsibility that you're holding for your mom not having a social community, I encourage you to practice letting that go. Maybe even set the intention every full moon, write it all down and then burn it, like release it, let it go, start externalizing it and releasing it and externalizing it and releasing it because none of that is your fault. It's all his fault. And, you know, other people are to blame as well. Your mom's doing the right thing. She's done the right thing. And sometimes, you know, doing the right thing costs you something you don't want to pay. But she didn't intentionally put you in a dangerous situation, but she put you in a dangerous situation. And it is her job as your mom to do exactly what she's doing. So to take away that sense of guilt or responsibility is really important to your psychic freedom and your healing process. And also, it's allowing you to, I guess, really receive the gift of your mother doing the right thing by you because she didn't always do the right thing by you. No one, no one's perfect, but she is doing the right thing by you. And, and that is a difficult gift to really receive. But I encourage you to receive it, which means taking away any kind of guilt or responsibility around the fact that she has to give you that gift. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah. Oh. To hear that. Yeah. And you have you have like lots of different ways that you know how to release energy and release attachment. Eh? Um. You you have like all kinds of spiritual tools around that, don't you? Yeah. Good. I definitely. Uh. I love letting go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that Pluto. You're you know how to do it when you set your mind on doing it. Mm-hmm. The key is you have to just decide that that's what you're going to do. And I got to tell you. This might take 10 full moons. You know, I'm not saying do it twice and you'll be chill because this is a really deep wound. and It's as almost as old as you are. And right. so you want to give yourself a lot of space around it. You want to give yourself space to have any kind of emotions around it without blaming yourself. That's the key is to understand that you can, as a mature person, see the kind of fallout of what happened. And to have even compassion for your mom or for other adults that stood by you, but not take it on. Believe it or not, this again is 
connected directly to the stuff with friends, right? Right. It's about like, well, what are the boundaries of what we expect of each other? And do they change in different levels of situation? Like DMing with someone on social about art versus showing up for a friend in need, right? Like those are different things. So are there different standards and different ways of evaluating As I said at the beginning, there's this way that you know how to operate on survival mode much more than when things are stable and actually okay. So this is incredibly difficult work, but make no mistake, it's the work of thriving and of having a life where you trust your resources, your internal resources and your spiritual resources. Now, we should wrap up in a minute. Did you have a final question for me? Yes. Well, that's crazy that my dad don't even show up in the chart. That's I mean, he sh- he shows up. He just shows up as not there. Right, yeah. <laughs> I cannot. I tried to build a relationship with him. I was, like, calling him every day. Like, I was going really ham to, like, figure him out. And he was picking up and he was being, like, cool for a second. He was telling me about his life. And then then it just went ghost again. I guess my question is like this abandonment feeling that I guess that I carry on with me from like my father and like this fucking guy who like traumatized my childhood. Like how it always seeps into my relationships with male men. Sometimes my sexual trauma jumps out, my daddy issues jump out. And I just feel like I want to learn how to let both of those things go. Even though they're two different situations, I feel like those two situations tie into one another. I feel like I, that like sexual abuse, like it's something that I, I don't know. I just carry it on. And also even with my auntie who like brings this guy around, like still to this day and like, This is somebody I was raised with and whatever that I just stopped talking to. I feel like I just like carry on like these different like energies and feelings of people that I want to like let go because I feel like I'm very vocal. I feel like I can't let it go. So I confront him or like I can't let it go. So I tell my auntie to her face that she's a fucking bitch or like, you know, like I Mm -hmm. feel like I I consider closure with like this kind of verbal explosion when it's yeah. something else. I don't know. Well, so there's, okay. So there's a lot of parts of that. Let me start with the last part mm-hmm. that you associate closure with a verbal explosion. The thing is that's catharsis. It's not closure. And that's a trauma response. It's not mm-hmm. an uncommon trauma response. You know, again, you know, drama and survival and so it makes sense that there's a part of you that's like fucking eye for an eye you know what i mean you fuck me let me fuck you back and that that is real and it might bring you some satisfaction but it won't bring healing and so i'm not saying don't do it but let's not confuse pleasure with joy healing with satisfaction they're different you know, and you deserve satisfaction. Again, I'm not telling you to not do that. I have a big mouth myself. I believe in saying what you want to say. And I think, I think that there might actually be some value in your aunt hearing to her face. What she's doing is profoundly wrong with no excuses, no if, and, or buts. There is no excuse for her behavior. So that said, when I look at your relationship 
to men. You are actually doing a really good job of being present with the trauma and not letting it completely run your life. It looks like a lot of your creative work, your artistic work is a catharsis for that trauma. Yes. And it looks like you do a lot of spiritual work to kind of release a lot of that energy, but it's kind of inevitable that it'll come up. Right. In 2020, in fact, I'll give you the exact date of this transit. You're going to enter into a transit called Uranus conjunction to Venus. It starts on the 4th of May, 2020, and it'll last you a year. And this will be a really powerful time for healing trauma around your sexuality. But it's not just around sexuality. It's about gender. It's about being a girl in the world and how we're given all this validation for letting things go. We're given all this validation for being small and for not demanding justice. And we're pathologized for being loud and being like, fuck this, I'm angry. And this will be a period of your life for a year where you will inevitably do the work of healing. And I'm not trying to say that it'll be like done, you know, in a year, because I think our developmental experiences and deep trauma stay with us. We just develop better tools for coping with it. But, you know, it, it's always going to be part of your past. That said, I really see you doing a lot of healing work with it. And your partner, your current partner, he's actually really supportive and understanding around this stuff, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he's tender. Yeah. And it looks like what he understands is feeling violated and like he doesn't have control. And so he has a lot of empathy, uh, you know, a, an impressive amount of empathy for where you're coming from. I don't see him pushing you. I see him holding space. And it looks like he can kind of take it when your emotions get really intense around stuff. Um, so you're, you're in a good partnership for this. You know, I, I am really pleased that of all the things we're talking about, it's not this man, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times I'm like, let's talk about this man, (laughs) but he, he looks really good. And, and I want to just take a moment to validate that for you to be this young and have the father you have and the trauma history you have and to have a good man by your side is such an accomplishment. It really is. And, and he, when I look at him energetically, he looks tender. He looks like a sweet heart, you know? Um, He's a way better person than me. No, well, I mean, (laughs) I, I see what you mean. He's tender. I mean, he's like, you know, he's just a really, he's a really sweet man. And, and I, I really want to say like, don't ignore what a reflection that is of the work you've done on yourself, that you chose a man who is a sexual person who you have a good sexual connection with, but isn't in any way abusive or pushy. I mean, that is a massive accomplishment and it's a reflection of how much work you've done on yourself. You know, most people with trauma histories, even with a dad like yours, you know, struggle with who they choose. And you're really young to have chosen a person who's so good for you. And I'm not saying that means you need to hold on to him forever. People grow, people change, you're young. But I want to just, again, encourage you to be present for the abundance and the thriving of this because it's beautiful. And, and I see that it's also mutual. It looks like you are good to each other and you have each other's back. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Now, 
I want to just speak to the stuff with your dad because it is, like you said, it's super connected, but it's different. Mm -hmm. Your dad is not right with himself. And this is a really difficult thing because you can do all the work in the world. You know, you can do all the healing in the world. That doesn't mean he's changed. Right. And so if you accept that he is who he is and he, I don't know if he's an addict, but he has a lot of challenges and he has not made any choices to do healing work on himself. My and so inviting him into your life is really kind of like buyer beware shit. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not, it's not a safe move. Now I'm not saying that it's unwise to check back in with him now and again to see if things have shifted because people can change. I know people love to say nobody changes. People never change. I don't believe that at all. People change. Right. I don't see him doing the work at this time to do any kind of change, right. but I don't, I don't think you like to give up hope. I think that, you know, if you could have a relationship with your dad where, you know, once a month, once every couple months, you have a nice conversation, you see him once a year, that's probably the realistic approach to your dad because he's not right with himself. He has no skills. He has no coping skills. And so he just keeps on living like Groundhog Day. You know what I mean? Like right. the same thing over and over again. And this is really important for you to accept that it is not a reaction to you, that he can only do as good as he is capable of. And that's not to, you know, take him off the hook. He's your father. You know, he chose to have a child. You are that child. But also asking people to show up in ways that you absolutely know that they can't and won't show up in is just self-harm at a certain point. Right. And I think that's why I say checking in now and again with him, I think makes sense. I see why you would want to. That Saturn moon conjunction in your birth chart, it just makes you really family oriented. You know, you really want closeness with your family. But he has given you nothing but evidence that he's not growing, that he's not, he's not trying. You want to listen to what he's telling you about himself and not take it on as a reaction to you. This is just who he is. And there is grieving in that, you know, but also this is about who he is and not who he is to you. It's not like he would do better for anyone else. Right. And in a way there's like a freedom in that because it's not like you could do anything to change it. He has oh, no humility. No one can tell him what he's doing wrong. That is not the kind of person he is. And I think it's something that you have to be careful with yourself about. But again, this is where I come back to, you know, that first thing that we were talking about, which is that you are somebody who is really right now struggling with this main thing with your friendships, right? And the theme is around like, how much loyalty do I need in order to trust you? And what does it need to look like for you to earn my trust and for me to give you my trust, right? It makes sense when we talk about all of these pieces, why like you want more and more proof in a way. And you want that proof because you have these people who have not shown up for you and who failed you. And I want to just really validate for you that while all of this is true, what's also true is that you have in your, in your personal life, in the life you've built as an adult, made really good choices. I mean, not perfect. Nothing's perfect. I mean, at all. But you're already further along than your, you know, your circumstances may have suggested. You've really already done a great deal of work. And I see that you're still doing a lot of work. So these kind of like 
original questions that we looked at are actually evidence of you getting where you want to be. Like you're, I really do think that you're going to figure this shit out. And also I think part of figuring it out is allowing yourself to have grief about who your dad isn't, who your aunt isn't, you know what I mean? Because there's nothing that you can do to change who they are. And unfortunately who they are is really painful. This has been an amazing conversation. I I feel like I could definitely, I'm definitely going to do lots of self-work. Excellent. I really, really thank you for spending the time with me and being so open. I really love getting to talk to you. And you know, I also just love everything that you're putting into the world. So Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you so much for taking the time with me. I'm so honored. I appreciate everything. Um, I'm so hyped about all of this. Sweet darlings, welcome to another week in the stars. Before I get into your horoscope, I have to tell you about two live webinars that I'm doing this month, October 2019. The first one, I really hope you join. I mean, I hope you join me for both of them, but I really hope you join me for this one. It's called Astrology, Mental Wellness, and You. You can sign up for it on my website at lovelaniato.com slash events. We're going to be talking about using astrology as a tool for understanding your nature from the inside out. We are going to explore the mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness issues that are articulated by all the planets. And you know I love to focus on the outer planets, that's Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, because for me, they really articulate themes that are inherited, which is always juicy. So I hope you join me on October the 20th at 2 p.m. through 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. And if you can't join at that time or on that day, no worries because you get a copy of the recording to download and keep forever and ever and listen to it again and take notes and get lots of value from it. On October 26th, 2019, I'm going to be doing another webinar with Astrology University, and this one's theme is Breakthrough and Transformation, Inspiring Stories of Astrology in Action. My live talk will be at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Oh my God. And there's one more thing I forgot to tell you, which is just last week, I dropped my first Patreon benefit, which I'm really excited about, also geeked out about because maybe I'm not good at technology. Maybe I am. No one knows. You can support my work on Patreon, partially just because you get a lot of value from my work and you want to support it. Yay! But also because I'm finally releasing some exclusive content on Patreon, which I hope you will enjoy. The first in the Healing Helper series is out this month. Sign up to see it. And if you are a fan of my feline friend, Panda Elizabeth Henry, guess what? You will be extra charmed by this. I mean, truly, my friends, you will be charmed. All right. Enough of the housekeeping. Let's get to astrology. This week, there's not too much happening, but man, is it a lot. So the first thing is, I think last week on the podcast, I said that we were looking at the week of September 29th through October 6th, but the 6th was an overlap day. What I'm trying to say is I did a classic Mercury opposite Uranus thing where I jumped ahead. That is classic of Mercury Uranus. I talked to you about that transit last week. The first day of the transit being exact is on the 6th, Sunday the 6th. So you're going to be feeling it intensely on Sunday. It'll follow you into Monday. Mercury 
opposite Uranus. I will remind you, it's a kind of tense transit. Uh, Uranus is your central nervous system and Mercury is your mind. And when these two planets form in opposition, surprises occur. It can be upsetting. It can be really stimulating. You might find that your mind is really restless. You have a hard time sleeping, that kind of stuff. This transit is not a great time for creating stability and security. It's a great time for exploring, for being curious, for seeking new solutions, surprising solutions to old problems. All of that well-starred. Poorly starred is, I don't know, trying to relax and calm your mind. This is a, a tricky time for calming the mind, but that's okay. You can leverage that. Or if you actually just really need to calm your mind for whatever reason, and there are just an infinite of really good reasons for needing that, then this is a great time to choose to creatively use your skills and tools, right? So just do your best with this. It will have an overlap with a sun square to Saturn. That transit will be exact on the 7th, but you will be feeling it on the 6th uh, and the 8th. So the overlap with the Mercury-Uranus opposition can have you kind of obsessing on negative things because sun square to Saturn has us focusing on what we don't have. The downside of Saturn is it is oriented towards scarcity. Uh, not having enough, not feeling loved enough, not feeling like there's enough money, enough time, enough whatever. And the sun is your vital energies. And so you can simply feel meh around this date. If you're dealing with depression or depressive thoughts and feelings, this transit may actually help you to kind of unstick yourself because it just gets too annoying and you just are like, okay, frigate, I'm going to do something. Or it might make it a lot worse. Luckily, it's 72 hours. It's exact on the 7th. The positive of this is that this can be a time where you authentically confront what isn't working in your life. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a positive. It kind of sounds like a super negative, but it is a positive because the truth is true whether you want to accept it or not, whether you're ready to deal with it or not. And when we can be present with and accept and even embrace what is true, even the difficult of what is true, then we can actually cope with it and move on. Squares are often a conflict or a crisis. And so you may feel the energy around this date is conflictual. If you are feeling some sort of crisis, let it be a crisis of healing. If you are feeling oppressive feelings and thoughts, let it be a call to support and nurture and actively be there for yourself. Okay. I know it's not easy, but this is a practice. And when I say this, I mean life. My loves, life is a damn practice. It is a journey. Sometimes it's one foot in front of the other. Sometimes it's stumble and fall and don't get up. Sometimes you do get up, but it's okay that you take whatever pace you can take. Give yourself permission. Don't ask for it. Give yourself permission. And that brings us to the final transit of the week. That's on the 12th. We have a Venus opposition to Uranus. Did you think this was going to be a chill week? Where'd you get that idea? Certainly wasn't for me. Venus opposition to Uranus, not unlike Mercury opposition to Uranus, is upsetting. Uranus governs upsets. It governs change and that which is unexpected. It also governs freedom and authenticity and innovation. Venus opposition to Uranus is not a good time to get engaged or to stabilize a relationship. This is not a great time to make things more stable or secure. That's the rule with Uranus. 
Uranus wants growth. It wants expansion. It wants authenticity. It does not want to sit and process. So don't force it unless you don't want that conversation to go great. Venus opposite Uranus is a great time to notice your relationship to Venusian themes, my loves. And that is relationships. That is beauty. That is money. And not money as like, you know, capitalism. That's Saturn. Money as in what you have, what you own, what you do to protect it. If you're emotionally spending, you know, Venus opposite Uranus may find you buying a bunch of crap you don't need. So pay attention to how you distract yourself from unpleasant or upsetting feelings around any of these things. And make sure if you're going to distract yourself that it's a neutral distraction instead of a destructive one. I mean, man, if you can do a creative distraction, that would be amazing. But basically what I want to encourage you to do is find your agency so that you can bring the most to your life. Because when upsetting things happen, it's not the universe trying to torture you. It's an opportunity to access different parts of your nature, to understand different facets of yourself, of the people around you, and the world at large. And it's hard to take that opportunity. It really is. It's hard to feel like it's an opportunity, but it's absolutely worth trying. My loves, that's it. That's all she wrote. That's the astrology for this week. And I really hope that not only do you use this as a nice little roadmap or a little weather report to get you ready for the week ahead, but also to use this as context for when other people act a mess or a fool, you can be like, oh, these transits are happening. And maybe I'm not feeling it intensely this week, but or this particular day, but I can see that this person is having a really rough time with it. You don't have to engage in drama. You don't have to take things personally that maybe really aren't about you. I mean, it's hard, right? Everything that happens to you and at you feels like it's about you. But is it really always about you? I don't think so. It's easy to be thoughtless or careless when you're consumed by something that feels really important to you. And so you may unintentionally be behaving in a way that actually brings harm to others without even realizing it because you're so focused on how someone else brought harm to you. So have grace today and every day for other people, never at your own expense, but certainly to uplift yourself and others. My sweet, sweet loves, you've joined me for another week. I appreciate it so damn very much. If you haven't already subscribed to my podcast, I don't know exactly what you're waiting for. It's super weird. Get on it subscribe wherever you're listening to it. If there's a way for you to write a review for a tiny little independent podcast like mine, like Ghost of a Podcast, it does make quite a difference. So please go ahead and do that. Send me your questions, ghostofapodcast.com. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.